All right, so we're back here on another Overreaction Monday. It is a victory Monday, a, a Washington football team win this week. We are here. Hey, <laughs> we here. What's, what's going on, Jerk? Nothing much, Coach. Nothing much. Overreaction Monday is one of, if not arguably, the greatest day of the week. And we're out yes. here. We're ready to overreact. Who won? Who lost? We get to decide. Certain losers in particular. Can't wait for us to talk about. But, yeah, it's another good one. Yeah, yeah, and it's and I got a crazy overreaction, so yeah, definitely get brace yourselves for it. And Mo, what up, Mo? Well, back to another. Uh, I didn't get a victory nap, I'm tired. And then I had to, you know, I had to turn on the TV, and dear God, I guess there's panic at Arlington because they're seven and three, you know, through their first 10 games, bro. They're you know, it's just so crazy. Like, I went back to you know, I said this last week. It is just so crazy. There's so many other seven and three teams or seven and four or six and four that they're Super Bowl contenders. Dallas loses a game to a team who was on a win streak, just as hot, if not hot, hotter than Dallas. Was Dallas is Dallas the better team? I still think so, but you know, circumstances change, injuries happen during the game, and we just got outplayed. That's it, it happens. Like you don't win them all. Essentially, you tell me the last time somebody went undefeated and won a Super Bowl. So you don't win them all, but you know, I've had to deal with just the, you know. God, I, I hate Stephen A. Smith by the day at this point. He's <laughs> my idol, bro. I, I kid you not, bro. Like, I, I hate him. I'd fight him if I seen him. <laughs> but, yeah, man, we're here once again. Another overreaction Monday this week. Yeah. So, fellas, biggest winner. I'm going to go with you first, Mo. Who your biggest winner this week? Yeah, it's tough. Because uh, there's so many directions you could go as far as there were some key victories. Uh Dang, I'm going to go the Chargers. You know, we've had all day to think about this, and I've just been like, what direction am I going to go with all these? Because there's some big-time winners, big-time losers. Like, this was one of those exciting weeks. Matchups determined a lot. But I'm going to go with the Chargers as, you know, one of the biggest winners. Uh, essentially, they almost folded, right? So they almost Ooh. turned into becoming one of the, the biggest losers. Like, so essentially by winning, you know, by default, they have to be there because they saved themselves from being the biggest loser, probably figuratively and physically by giving up some big – you know, uh, lead like that. But Justin Herbert played amazing, right? And and I've been the guy. I've been killing, you know, the Chargers and Minnesota for their inconsistent play. I've been killing – not killing Justin Herbert, but just saying, like, we have to slow down. He's hit his sophomore slump, right? But sometimes games like this is what young guys, you know, finish the season strong because of, right? So it's November. It's December. This is – it's the second half of the season. This is where we start seeing teams come into their own, get hot, couch, you know – all about it on a two-game win streak at this point. But this is where the, the, the whole season could do a flip and turn upside down. We've seen it before. Teams get hot. We saw Baker Mayfield last year look like a top-three quarterback from this point to the rest of the season. So at this point, anything can happen, right? So for the Chargers winning, it, it was just a big-time win. They won in the same week where they couldn't really afford a loss, but at the same time, because the Chiefs won, uh, it, it put a little more pressure on them to win that game. And ultimately, they were able to go out there. Defense was shaky. Big Ben played absolutely amazing also. Uh, you know, he had a great individual performance for all the, you know, all that we dog Big Ben all year long, right? He played absolutely amazing, uh, brought them back. But, you know, Justin Herbert and the Chargers definitely have to be one of the biggest winners for, you know, God, that probably the best game of the day, right? On Sunday Night Football, that was probably the best game played when you just watch excitement. That one, Couch, y'all's y'all, game was actually exciting, too. Yeah. It was yeah. exciting, too, down to the wire. But those were probably two of the best games played yesterday. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was not to my liking, but it was it was well, close. You but yeah. yourself out. I just got to enjoy football. <laughs> of course. Like, when, I, when I'm not watching my team, I just get to enjoy the game. But yeah. I understand because trust oh, me, yeah. I can't like, oh, yeah. don't come back down in it yet. Yeah, yeah. Injuries. It'd be, it be like that. You're right. When you when you emotionally evolved. Yeah. Sure. What you got? <laughs> I got the Kansas City Chiefs. I think of the recent stretch that they've been on where they're starting to kind of turn their season around here little by little after those tough losses to the Bills and the Titans. This was the best win they've had yet, right? The Packers win, you put it on the fact that it was Jordan Love starting and he didn't look great. Part of that on him, part of that on the coaching staff. It wasn't the greatest game plan. So it's like, all right, Kansas City, like they got the win, but how convincing was it? Then they destroy Vegas, right? And I think little by little, we're really understanding here the fact that Vegas coming into the season, yet again, a solid team at times. They, the, just like the Broncos, the two of them impressed us early on in the season with all the wins. And then we really saw who they truly are, which is good, not great. And so I think this was the game of their recent recent stretch here for them to prove themselves. And did the offense struggle again? Yeah, which I think with this season, we just can point it down to ebbs and flows because, dear God, this has been a really weird NFL season. But the defense... I think was extremely surprising to me. The fact that they stepped up easily their best game of the season so far. Again, that Packers game with Jordan Love there, it's, you know, kind of, you know, you take it with a grain of salt, but they did it to a Dallas Cowboys team, which, you know, it, it's Dak. It's that receiving core. Yes, they got dinged up just before the game. Cause I think Cooper, I saw it like just hours before that Cooper was ruled out. And then during the game, CD lamb had to exit. Yes. They got a little bit dinged up during it, but it, that's still Dak Prescott who has played pretty well this season that's still that Dallas running game that's always been an important part to them the fact that they played that well Chris Jones had easily his best game of the season probably the best game he's had since he signed that contract if we're being honest I got to give Kansas City a lot of credit there because I think that coupled with their destroying of the Vegas Raiders the week prior Vegas losing again this past weekend um the Chargers yes they won but it's looking like KC after a you know, see uh, a slump just about close to midway to the season. They're, they're starting to hit that stride that Mo was talking about, how certain teams, they start to pick up wins at the right moment. And this is the right moment for them to take advantage back in the lead in the division. And they could keep on moving forward because some of those teams that are supposed to be above them right now, not exactly playing that great. Yeah, big time. Um, yeah, so I think my, my biggest win has got to be the Minnesota Vikings. I think what they did um, against that Green Bay Packers team, um, and you know, once again, Kirk Cousins, he he uh, you know, he did his thing in that matchup. Now this team is sitting at five and five. They were another team that we looked like they were kind of dead in the water a few weeks ago. Um, those heartbreaking losses. Now they've got two straight wins over quality opponents, the LA Chargers and now the Green Bay Packers. And then now they're two and in division. So it's one of those things where Minnesota Currently, I think they are the sixth or the seventh seed. I forgot my memory serves correct, but they're right in the thick of the uh, of the playoff um, in the wild card spot. And yeah, this is definitely um, a great win for them. And also shout out to Gabe, um, the Colts. I think what they went in, they went to Western New York and just laid a smackdown on the Buffalo Bills, and that was a you know an amazing feat as well. And then honorable mention's got to be the Arizona Cardinals. I think once again another road victory against uh, Seattle, even though Seattle is tough to play in Seattle, regardless of who's there. I mean, we, you know, we've seen places there and Colt McCoy, once again, is, is a valuable backup. And I think that's the beauty thing about this. They're winning these games without Kyler Murray. And I think last year, their biggest issue was Kyler Murray's health at, at towards the end, why they couldn't push through and actually make the playoffs. And this is another one, another divisional win for them. So 
it's one of the things if you know if Callard, you know, if he missed some more significant time, you're in good hands with Colt McCoy. Not saying that you're gonna win yeah. a win a Super Bowl, but you can you gonna you can you can make the playoffs at this point. Nine at, at what is it, nine and two? My memory, no, eight, no, they're nine, they're nine and two. They're yeah. in the driver's seat. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Shots I got Jeff. Not I at all. Coach did it just well. Not at all, bro. That was like it was, and and I know you know people yeah. like to use injuries as an excuse. I don't. Because that's part of football, right? Like, if we start yeah. going team by team and, and saying, well, you know, we well we had no Amari Cooper and then CD got hurt. Okay, well, they were they were missing some guys. Tyron Matthew wasn't 100%. Like, there's so many things that we can always do. Y'all can account for that. Y'all lost y'all. Arguably your best defensive player for the year in Chase Young and were able to get another victory. Uh, So, you know, you just can't. I don't like going down that line, but it does come down to adjustments. And I've said, like, we've looked really good in spite of – in spite of uh, Mike McCarthy's lack of coaching, and I said he'd get us in trouble at some point. When Kellen Moore takes free reign at office, we look good. Uh, when it seems like Mike McCarthy has any impact on making any type of, of adjustments or anything, because our defense played well, right? Like, the way we held Kansas City after being on fire, like, you defensively, you're like, even despite all the injuries, we played a very good offense and looked great. But it's the, it was just... The offensive showing, and it was just Mike McCarthy, bro. Like, I really – I think he might – we might have a lot of success, but he might hold us back. Like, I don't know under McCarthy if we can have the ultimate success, but if we keep building and getting better, like, it's tough to fire a coach when progress is coming, whether – and, you know, the coach gets all the credit for it, essentially. Yeah, big time. <laughs> Yo, Rob going going in, ain't he? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> hey, we we gonna say that for the for the biggest loser. We gotta definitely <laughs> get that field. that that whole division. <laughs> Aside oh. from the Colts, that whole division. Yeah. <laughs> so how, how, all, that whole division ain't necessarily the biggest loser though, because one of them one of them won. <laughs> Losers won. And a big right. Well, that's why I said aside right. from aside from the Colts, like the the Colts. Remember the Texans are an ass. <laughs> right, right, right. I keep forgetting they're an NFL team. That's why. So that's, yeah, yeah, that's true too. Oh, they are. They won though. They beat. They beat a. They beat the number one seed in the AFC. Yeah, they beat the, they beat, right. the second best record, first best or second best record in the NFL. Yeah, they beat the goat Ryan Tannehill. I thought you knew that. Yeah, uh, come on, jerk. Like, oh, look, but I was told a reliable source said that all teams are good, guys. So that that's why. Well, I mean, I yeah. get that, but there's levels to good, right? There's levels like, of good. good, not great, right? They like you know, yeah. Fire yeah. back on you. A lot I of can't it. Yeah. talk about the biggest Ryan, loser. Ryan, yeah, Ryan Tannehill is the goat. Ole Miss could be the Washington football team. I heard all that. Yeah, and guess you, what? And guess what? And guess what? And I told Ron Rivera, and I was like, you know what? You see that? Come in there and kick their ass. Like, <laughs> come to Carolina and play. See? I, yeah, I've seen that. I beat that. But, like, you know, hey, that's what you got to do. As, the, as a competitor, you got, you know, <laughs> you got to keep it keep it to your, to yourself. So, but I had, I had to unload this week. Yeah. So, <laughs> So Mo, who's your biggest loser this week? <laughs> um, unfortunately for everybody, it's not the Titans. They probably took the worst loss. But as far as when you talk about circumstance, they're not the biggest loser. They're still, you know, ahead in the AFC and everything. I'm going with the Buffalo Bills. Mm. Uh, I'm going with the Buffalo Bills, and because 
you know me. You know me. I've been waiting on Josh Allen to play bad. You know, <laughs> right? In the beginning of the season, I'm like, oh, that money. Then he started playing great, and they were like, shut up, Mo. But I, no, not, I'm turning back around because he played bad. But it's not all on Josh Allen, right? The 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 defense let a a, a running back score what five touchdowns? Yeah. So Jonathan Taylor made his MVP case, right? All MVPs or MVP caliber players have that MVP moment that you go back and you remember like, this is when he established himself as the most valuable player in the league. And Jonathan Taylor did that against the Buffalo Bills, who we have been told has has one, the best defense in the NFL uh, up to this point. Unfortunately, I look at who they've been playing. They kind of been playing weak offenses, but that's neither the here nor there, whatever. So, bro, look at their last month and we talk about where they're at. They lost. They got steamrolled by the tight. I mean, by the Colts, and do now don't lead their division. They were the clear cut favorite to be to win the AFC East. This was their AFC East. This was probably their AFC. Like essentially, we were like it was Buffalo and Kansas City and maybe Cleveland. Outside of that, nobody else had a chance in the AFC. Buffalo now might not win their division. They are tied essentially, but they lose the tiebreaker today. With New England, and they play New England twice. And the, the the thing is, Buffalo has been shown how to be beat. If you are just as if you're an aggressive team, you beat them. And who who is an aggressive team that gets it done in the mud and in the trenches? The New England Patriots. And you have to play them twice while tied with them right now. The Patriots have a little bit more favorite schedule than the Buffalo Bills. Honestly, outside of their two games against Buffalo, I think they'll probably be favored in every other game. So you might not win your division, which means you might have to try and elevate, right? So they went to the AFC Championship. The next goal for Josh Allen, you got your money. Now you got to reach the Super Bowl. The Chiefs didn't look hot the first half. Like this looked like, oh, this is the Buffalo Bills AFC. They got it in the bag. Cleveland is, is underachieved. We don't trust uh, Baltimore with all those injuries they got. We're just not fully sold on them yet. Uh, Lamar Jackson looks absolutely awful. Like, I don't listen. I don't know if Suge Knight came around with the needle, and but I'm just saying he looks awful. But the Buffalo Bills, bro, like they are they are big time losers. They can't run the ball. That is a problem. No Super Bowl team can has zero effect on running. Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, bro, they didn't even have 50 yards combined rushing. Like Josh Allen is your lead rusher. Two running backs, a one-two punch, didn't have 50 yards combined rushing. And you couldn't stop a running back. So when you start looking at the other teams that you could compete, that you're going to compete against, the Patriots are going to outmuscle you. The Titans will outmuscle you. You know, when it comes down to, especially when we start talking about the playoffs, the Ravens might outmuscle you. Like you look at all these teams, they 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 might have a favorable matchup against the Chiefs, but even the Chiefs are healthy and stuff. Like they're starting to be healthy and coming on in the second half of the season, we know how they explode. So like Buffalo is in some trouble, especially for a team that should have had that had the division locked up before the season started. Like this was like, it was like gift Buffalo, the AFC East crown, a home playoff game at the very least in the first round, maybe a first round buy and home field advantage all the way through to now they're going to be fighting to win their division off of a loss, off of a horrible loss against to me. Okay. A good team, I guess a team that's coming into their own, but this was still a 500 team. And, and so they, they put the stamp on their win streak or whatever, but this was a 500 team. Buffalo was supposed to take care of business. And they got absolutely steamrolled. And, and it'll be a failure, right? If Buffalo doesn't win the, the division, like that's 
that was like bare minimum for Buffalo was win the division. So it'll be a failure. They have to go on the road and play New England or Kansas City or whoever. Like now you might get Bill Belichick right back into what he's used to, and that's playing home games in the playoffs. Yeah. Jerg, what you got? Your biggest loser this week. Well, just to jump on with most point, he's a thousand percent right with everything everything he said there. Like, just forget the division right now. The Bills, I think, are the seventh seed in the yes. AFC at this yep. moment. Yep. They they were supposed to run that division with the Pats losing Brady, with them just drafting a rookie QB, the fifth one taken in this past draft. Like everything is supposed to be set in line where Jones was supposed to take a little bit of time. You got Josh Josh Allen, who's supposed to be MVP candidate, a big contract you paid him, all that good stuff. And they are nowhere near the team that people were expecting to take that next step. And it just goes back to the fact that this team, it's great on paper. Like we always expect teams to carry over what they did from the previous season to the next one. In the case of Buffalo, I don't really understand looking back why we gave them that kind of credence. I honestly don't because from game one in last year's playoff run for them, it looked shaky. The fact that the the Colts, people forget, came one play away from winning that game, right? One play away. And then it's the Ravens game with, despite the fact that Lamar Jackson gets hurt in that game, they're in it to the very end. They are, they're in it to the very end. The Ravens were, and then they got absolutely slaughtered by Kansas city, which most of us expected. And then now going into this season, they were fine for a while picking on whoever they were. The Kansas city game was supposed to be that game. But like most said, Derrick Henry absolutely obliterated them. Like he's done each of the last couple times they play that it all begins from the Dolphins game where the offense stifled. They were only up 10 to three going into the fourth quarter against this year's Miami Dolphins team, which the offense, you could say whatever you want the last couple of weeks at that point in time, the Dolphins offense was nothing like nothing that looks like good, effective offensive football. Then that Jags game happens and yes. yeah, they get the jets. The jets are the equivalent of a bye week All right. And then you move on to this Colts game. The same team that came one play away from beating you last year in the playoffs just slaughter you and you build up Jonathan Taylor's maybe an MVP case, but if not an offensive player of the year case, I think now it's Jonathan Taylor and Cooper cup are the one, two for offensive player of the year. However you want to place them. I'm fine with either or to be honest, the two of them have been just nothing short of outstanding this season, but yeah, the bills are definitely up there. My personal biggest loser, it's the Seattle Seahawks. And it's just not taking into account this one team it, it, it's not just taking into account this one game from them. It's the fact that I think this is the official, I mean, I personally thought it already was closed, but the official closing of this team's current window. I don't see a scenario where Russ would want to stay with what is going on with this team. I know he got hurt. I know we say injuries are a part of it, but I think there's inner workings there that we're just not privy to at this moment on the surface that I don't think there's anything that would want to make him stay. I think Pete Carroll, while we've always thought of him as a pretty great coach and he's has the legacy, he's got the Super Bowl. We tend to protect these coaches with a Super Bowl ring. I don't think his job is anywhere near safe. I wouldn't be surprised if another loss or two essentially seals his fate at the end of the season. And this team's window is essentially shut to me. And I, I said in the chat, I'm like, yeah, I think this is going to be the beginning of a, a refresh, a complete reset button for the Seattle Seahawks. And this just proved it. It's not even the fact that they lost to the Cardinals, right? It's not just that. It's not even the fact that, you know, you, they, they lost the way they lost. It was called bleeping McCoy. That slaughtered them. <laughs> for the second time, first off, if you want to make yeah. the case for Cliff Kingsbury coach of the year, the two of the last three games, Colt McCoy has looked the best he's ever looked since Texas. 
Like, the, so give Cliff Kingsbury coach of the year just based off that if you want to. It's the fact that they just got absolutely diced by him. Yeah. They got absolutely diced. The offense is still ineffective. Even with Russ back, there's just nothing there that gives energy. Like, the Seattle Seahawks, remember Legion of Boom, young Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, energy, you know, smash mouth, all that. It's gone. Everything that built that team to the Legion of Boom is gone. And then even everything that made them a playoff team the last couple seasons, it's just gone. There, There's nothing left that shows that they're any sort of the team that we've seen for better part of almost a decade now, it feels like. Because that, that's really when things got going in the early parts of the 2010s. You think about that New Orleans Saints playoff game with Marshawn Lynch, the Beast Quake, all the way to this. What a steep decline. It, it was a, a rise, and then what a steep decline it's been. And yeah, I got to give it to the Seahawks because I think this is the official case closed on an era of football for them. Yeah. And also, shout out, shout out to my guy, Rob. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Rust to DC. We These are going to be our hashtags all week. This going to be, a, it's a holiday week. So just embrace yourselves. We're going to give out these two hashtags and bring Russ home. And also, sh- sh- shout out to Rob. Rob remembers this. Cole McCoy did lead a two and five Washington team to win on Monday Night Football in Dallas, and that was actually my 30th birthday. Thank you, Colt McCoy, for that for that memory. I remember that. That's yes, thank you, Colt McCoy. Such a terrible <laughs> memory, but yeah, but <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so bring Russ home and Russ to DC. So so, fellas. so so speaking of that, right? So just because I'm yeah. sorry, but since we brought that up and everybody's yeah. all in on this conversation. What does it take to get a Russell Wilson to Washington or whatever? Like, if, if he becomes available, we're not talking about Sam Darnold. We're not talking about Carson Wentz. We're not talking about, you know, this, we're not talking about these middle of the pack. We're not talking about trading for Baker Mayfield. We're talking about trading for what? Essentially, when healthy, a top five quarterback. So, like, is, is Washington ready to give up their future it, for, as far as real future improvement for Russell Wilson, because it's three first bare minimum, three first round picks is and pick one of your star players, whether it's Montez Sweat, Chase Young, Terry McLaurin, somebody, yeah, picks and players, a player at the very least is going for Russell Wilson. They made that known when we first when they first started projecting where he would go last year. They were saying what it would take, and it, it y'all don't have a quarterback good enough for a quarterback swap, so it's gonna take like three firsts for sure, like first. Well, third, I don't know. One first. I, I don't. I think two. I think two. I think three, bro. Because Sean Watson's getting three. No, Watson. They wanted four. They wanted four for. They wanted four. Right. That's what I'm saying. What is? What is? What is? What is Russ? What is Russ? I mean, yeah. and Russ is what? How old is he? Like thirty? How old is Russ? Eighty. He's born eighty-eight. I'm doing the math real quick. His birthday is thirty-three. So, yeah, he'll be 33 this, this week or next week or whatever. I mean, essentially at this point, yeah. what, Aaron Rodgers is what, 38? 38. 39. We're not yeah, yeah. He'll looking be 30, at he'll be, Yeah, he'll be 39 next week, I think. So we would say Russell Wilson has – we won't even look at Brady because we won't say he has another 10 to 12. We'll say six to eight elite years ahead of him because Russell yeah. Wilson don't depend on his legs. Now, he can scramble – but he's a pocket guy also, just like Aaron Rodgers was. Aaron Rodgers could scramble, get deadly if he had to, but but he's a pocket guy. So we're saying six to eight, two first and what? Like two first, two first for Russell Wilson doesn't get it done. Two first and add some assets. We got some assets and some other um, late what? round, not mid-round picks as well. So two first, and, 
a it's third, a fourth, and a player. Like you, you got was, six to eight years yeah. left. Five to eight, same thing. That's a price. That's thing. Like essentially, if a quarterback of Russell Wilson's caliber has five to eight years left, then you know what he has left in him—a Super Bowl. I'm not saying Washington wins the Super Bowl, but when you're at when you're Seattle and you're like, I'm giving up the possibility of a top five quarterback. I'm giving up a Super Bowl, essentially. So you start raising the price of about what it's going to cost if you're Seattle because five to eight elite years of Russell Wilson means that Washington in the next five to eight years, at the very least, one of those years will be considered a Super Bowl contender. Maybe even right away because you essentially at that point, starting next year, if Russell Wilson's healthy, you'd have the best quarterback in the division, right? So... Bro, it's gonna bro, it's gonna be pricey. I'm not saying I wouldn't yeah. play it if I'm I watching. mean, because we were, but but we were willing to, but we was willing to take the price on Watson, even with the baggage that came with him last year. We kind of considered it. We thought about it, but now we will have to worry about that type of baggage. I don't, I don't necessarily think the compensation was really the issue. I think it was more so just a simple fact of hey. We just wouldn't want the price too high for a guy like him that was facing some legal issues. But for Russ, you will, like you said, if, if if you get five to eight years of production off of him, it's worth it. Because it, at least with him, I know I'm not going to have that same issue with Sean Watson. I mean, as far as off the field issues. I mean, He's yeah, worth I'm it. just saying. And, and you got to, and then, like, to me, I think it has to be drastic, especially if you have a name change. And all this, it's this guy. It's got to be drastic. You you got to come out the gates with a with a brand new name. This it's to a point now where we got to do stuff unconventional. I think it's just to a point where we got to get a quarterback. Because you think about it, who's coming out this year? Well, ain't, ain't no quarterback this year that's gonna you know that's actually gonna um you know could be the face of our franchise. And you remember I said that. You remember I said that preseason when we were talking about. I did. Yeah. And I said y'all put yourselves in a bad predicament where you almost force your hand to have to trade for a Russell Wilson, trade for Deshaun Watson. If you want to be ultra competitive with the roster you have, because I was like, y'all are too good to get a top draft pick. That was more so when Spencer Rattler was supposed to be, you know, the Heisman candidate, the number one pick. Like when we were talking about that, like you're too good to get a Spencer Rattler or Sam Howell. But then like you're, you're so so at that point, like you have to trade for a quarterback because your team is too good for that. But then like there's, especially this year, who in, the late, who in the mid to late first round? I mean, exactly. essentially, though, you could put yourself in a position where you don't have to reach for a quarterback because you're not that bad and you get a Matt Corral uh, who, has, to me, has good value. I just wouldn't take him top five. Doesn't but, mean I wouldn't take him in the first round, but if I have a top five pick, I'm going to get one of the best players in the draft, not a quarterback. But, but somebody's going to reach, and that's the thing with us. We're in such a – it's almost – to me, it almost – I hate to use that basketball analogy. We're like the several, several AFC in the NBA. Where we're a team that essentially is you go one way, you can rebuild or improve and go and go the other way. And I think the way how things are going now with the way the franchise is moving, you gotta you gotta bring in a, a box office attraction. But just, you know you know what you have to wait for? Yeah. I'm a bit when you do this, like you have to wait for the draft. And you know why? Because you know when, when once draft season hits, once the football season ends. That's when guys' stock starts going up. That's when they start yeah. working out for teams. That's when the combine happens. And we start looking at some of these guys. We take out a lot of what they did in college, and we start solely looking at how they look in the NFL. And we let scouts allow us, like real scouts who have to 
do this. Tell us that they're high on this guy, higher on this guy. Man, this guy has impressed me 10 times more making NFL throws. Look at Zach Wilson. Like, he went to BYU. No way you would have told us that a BYU quarterback would go number two, right? But then he looked decent, I guess, in college, but he impressed in the workouts. So that's a possibility that somebody like a Kenny Pickett or Sam Howell drops, and you start thinking like, Man, we liked him in the workout. He dropped a little bit because there's not a lot of teams that need a quarterback. You know what? We we can might we might could take the cheaper route where Sam Howell's ready to go. We got a ready to go roster, but we don't have to give up everything of building a future. Because if you give up Russell Wilson, like you're not even going to be able to build much. Any most teams, like any team who grabs Russell Wilson, not just y'all, but any team, you're not really going to be able to grab make build much around outside of what you have currently on the roster. So is Russell Wilson the answer? To make Washington football team a Super Bowl contender, essentially, would be anybody traded for Russ or Deshaun Watson has to ask themselves, like, is that guy the the it, we get him, we are now Super Bowl contenders, and I don't, I, I that would be a question for y'all as fans because yeah. I don't know. I, 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 at this point, I'm willing to take a risk. We haven't had a, a good quarterback in 30 years. I mean, worst case I'm is you get Russell Wilson and you win a couple divisions. Uh, win a few division titles, go to the playoffs. That's like worst case scenario. You make playoffs a few times with some division titles, and you got to start quarterback. So you know you ain't hurting, lacking in quarterback exactly. play. So I mean, yeah. that's so worst case me, scenario. At this point, <laughs> has it really worked out for us when it when it when it comes to drafting a quarterback? Yeah, you're right. No, <laughs> so it's almost like we got to just be think outside the box and might just have to do something crazy like that. But um. My biggest loser, to even to your point, Mo, the uh, situation with the Bills. I mean, you got to think to yourself. I mean, it's I still cannot believe that we sitting here talking about the Buffalo Bills in their second place in the AFC East and the seventh seed in the AFC. So they almost to a point where they may not even make the playoffs. A team that we thought for certain was gonna get was telling people to get ready to go to LA, especially after that win against. Um, Kansas City, we knew for certain like that was going to be a scenario, but honestly, the biggest loser, and I hate to say this, you it better. had to be the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, okay, I'm like, you better not. What you thought I was gonna say? I thought you was gonna say Dallas. I'm like, we want nah. big, so it's just like, I mean, you went to Arrowhead and, and, and forced them where they only had what 19 points, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, just, I thought you were going to the nah. juggle, and I'm like, ah, nah, nah, niggas. Nah, nah, Atlanta. Nah, nah, Atlanta. Bro, think about it like this. All right. There's a couple things. Obviously, they lost 25 to nothing. Remember, they had a 25-point lead against the New England Patriots and blew it, and they lost this week by 25. Then Matt Ryan throws interception. Josh Rosen throws interception. Felipe French throws interception. Like, are you like, are you, are you kidding me? You went through all three of your quarterbacks. All three of your quarterbacks. And I, didn't all Rosen was Atlanta. I didn't know what Rosen was in Atlanta. I thought he was still on the Bucks practice squad. Yeah, I, I forgot he went. I didn't know he was in Atlanta. Until, right until Thursday night. Yeah. Yeah. I, right. And I, right. That's like, I didn't know he was in Atlanta. So I was like, <laughs> I had no idea. Josh Rosen. Last like, time I checked, he was on the Bucks practice squad. Like, me too. Year. I ain't right. heard nothing of him since. I ain't know he had a spot in the NFL. Dude, like how how do you how do you how do you have a twenty five point lead on this team in the Super Bowl and then end up three years later losing to this team by twenty five points? <laughs> like, dude, I mean, like, you just can't make this. 
Bro, like, you right. Blowout. Right, bro. You cannot make this stuff up. We was even literally sitting here talking about that they got a good shot to make the playoffs, and now you know at four and six, it's almost on life support, and it's it's crazy that we got here at this point. So let me ask you this then, real quick, because you just yeah, is Matt Ryan okay for you as a trade option, as a lesser option where you wouldn't have to give up as much? I mean, I would. Would actually, you settle for Matt Ryan instead of swinging for the fences because Matt Ryan is better than what y'all have? Matt Ryan automatically gives you at least the second best quarterback in the division, guaranteed. And I think Matt, we see Matt Ryan still has talent. Like we see, he still has the talent. All his receivers are hurt or walked out on him. Uh, Calvin yeah. Ridley going through mental health things. You know, pray for him. Yeah. They, all they got to do is guard Kyle Pitts, and they take away every weapon he got. Cordell Patterson hasn't played. You know, so I mean. Would you take Matt Ryan because his price tag would be less? I mean, yeah. You think about it, I saw the quarterback is Ryan Fitzpatrick. So it's just like, I mean, come on now. <laughs> like, I mean, dude, I'm like, man, beggars can't be choosers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. At this well, point. I'm saying it's one of those. I like, yeah, I would. It'd be, it'd be a cheaper option. Like, do it you want that? I want Matt Ryan because he's cheaper. I'm not going to, I might not, you might not even have to give up a first. Like, you really might not. You seen what happened with Carson Wentz? I know he's better than right. Carson Wentz, but I'm saying like you seen with Sam Darnold was trash, but whatever. But I'm saying, you may you may only have to give up one first. Like you won't have to give up a boatload, like a first and a third for Matt Ryan. Oh, and that's man. it. So you I don't only give up first a year, but you might not have to. I'm just I'm saying, right. if I don't have to, yeah, I'll do, do it. You, you do like a first and a third or first and fourth, and then like so you only take the L in that draft, but you get Matt Ryan. So. You start valuing at where you're picking at. Like, do we get a player that's going to make an impact more than trading for Matt Ryan right now, today? And, I mean, that it would be a cheaper option because you wouldn't have to give up the next five years of your future like you will if you get Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. And he still, even at 36, he still can be there for a good maybe about four to five years. I think he probably at plays least, at least 40. At least three to four. I think he plays about 40. Of, like, if, good if, years. And then yeah. you draft his replacement. Like, you, you grit him. Well, and then you, you you look to draft his replacement next year. Like, you go and get a guy, like, just in case he gets too old. You do that Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers kind of thing. Potentially. Or, because I still I still want to keep Taylor Heineke at the backup, honestly. I still think he's a viable backup in the event if something was to happen to Matt Ryan. Like, because his, really, his duty really was to be in spot duty, if almost like what Colt McCoy is doing in Arizona. Like, I can't see he, – he can't – like, Colt McCoy – couldn't have the type of success for the next what how many weeks they got left six weeks in their season they only got six more games left i can't imagine him playing the next six games into a point where he's gonna you know light it up he has certain games and fill in for that case so that's why like i would keep taylor just for that type of fact and you that. still draft his replacement though because you don't <laughs> yeah. you don't see taylor heineke being the, the, if you saw him as your quarterback of the future then we wouldn't even be talking about getting like a russell wilson or matt ryan yeah. So you, but you still draft his replacement. Yeah. So that at first, even if something happens, Matt Ryan gets hurt. You know, he plays bad, and you bench him for a game, get his mind right. You ain't got to put that rookie out there to have zero pressure. You put Taylor Heineke in there. You'd be like, hey, we're gonna homegrow this guy for a yep. year or for a couple of years, and then that's so you know, like I'm not saying everybody's gonna be Aaron Rodgers if they go that route, but you saw Brett Favre did it. You know how Green Bay did it with Aaron Rodgers because he started slipping. I don't think Aaron Rodgers was ready to go right away. Like yeah. I don't think I don't think anybody made the wrong decision. I don't think they made the wrong decision by taking Alex Smith, you know, over uh Aaron Rodgers. Like that Alex Smith was more ready to go at first. And that's why Rodgers sat behind, learned behind the legend, and then boom, like became the legend of Aaron Rodgers. So if you did get like a Matt Ryan, or even if you did get a Russell Wilson, you still 
in two to three years, you visit the fact of, all right, we're going to draft a guy who's going to sit behind Russell Wilson for another two to three years, learn and have a guy ready to go. Like the, like Green Bay, I guess that's kind of their MO. They'd be interested in doing that. They just. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right, so fellas, our biggest overreaction this week in week 11 of the NFL season. I'm going to go with you first, Mo. Your biggest overreaction. Whoa. There were so many I wanted to hit on. There's a there's a lot of overreactions at this point, right? Like, yeah, yeah. like some people lost and the sky is falling. You know, some people won and they're Super Bowl contenders now. Um, dang, I guess Jerg kind of hit on the one I was gonna say. So, you know, my that Russ is not gonna be in Seattle after this year. Uh, yeah. You know what? Go go to Jerg. I, I, you, you have to yeah. come back. Yeah, that's and that's yeah. So all right, Rust of Washington and Pete Carroll of the USC confirmed. <laughs> Shout out to Kenno, you know. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Canadian Adam Shepter. <laughs> you feel me? Thought you was taking tonight <laughs> off, Ken. Thought you was taking tonight off. <laughs> <laughs> what you got, Jerg? Uh so in my true tradition of overreactions that I'm kind of bullish on, but I'm going to say it anyway, just because it's literally overreacting. Um, I think that as of now, the way the playoffs are structured, there is a chance that both the number one seeds could lose in the divisional round. Because right now it's the Titans and the Cardinals. The number one seed faces the lowest remaining seed. I'm going to assume that in the NFC, the lowest remaining seed after the wild card will be the Rams. Now, say what we think about the Rams and how they've looked their last couple of games. Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, the Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. That's a team you got to de- – and Von- now Von Miller, you got to deal with that team. So it's not going to be a walk in the park for the Cardinals. They they beat them down earlier this season. I can't – and they're going to face one more time. So that would technically be the third meeting. Even if the Cardinals beat the Rams in the second game, it's hard to beat the same team three times in one season. Now, rare is it that that's ever had to be the case, but it's very rare that you're going to beat one team three times in one season. It's the law of averages in sports in the NFL, which I was going to say, Coach, by the way, to your Atlanta thing, to win the World Series, the Falcons just need to fall off a cliff. That's kind of how it works (laughs) with Atlanta sports. It's just how it is. You know, we we don't get a say in it. But I think the Cardinals, if it's the Rams, then they have a real challenge. Like it's one of the biggest challenges that a first seed will have to deal with in the divisional round for – in in recent memory, I think, because the Rams, like, they're only going to be a wild card team because the Cardinals are in their division and the way it's structured. So there's that. And then I think in the AFC after this, I'm sorry. I don't care. I'm not going to be any kind of confident when your two of your losses on the season were to the Texans and the Jets. I don't care. I really don't. Like, I'm not even going to take that much time and going at the Titans. I We had our fun a couple weeks back, so I'm not going to deliberate too much more into it. I'm just saying, at the end of the day, your losses this season were to the Jets, and look where Zach Wilson is at now, and to the Texans. By the way, that was the first away touchdown the Texans had scored in a game in like 200-something plays. They went almost, actually, it was like 280-something. They went almost 300 plays on the road without <laughs> scoring a touchdown. And who allowed it? Like, come on now. So, no, I'm not going to have any confidence in this team if they face who the lowest remaining seed. And, by the way, it's not going to be a slouch of a team. Like, they could face the Chargers, Justin Herbert, in a one-game scenario. Like, Herbert against Tannehill, arm for arm, throw for throw. That I, I You should be sweating that if you're a Titans fan. Like, it, it wouldn't be easy for Tennessee either. So, I think there's a legitimate chance that, the, at, at minimum, the number one teams need to be scared in the divisional round this year. Because, like, these – 
I think a lot of people harped on the expanded playoff format. I like what it's doing because the fifth, the sixth, and the seventh seeds all feel like they can knock out the higher seeds. That, like that's that's what you want in leagues. You want parity, and I think for all the criticism a lot of people tried to give the NFL and the fact that they were just saying it's a money grab, which it is, it still is. Like yeah. it's expanded the parity a little bit, and that's what you want to see in sports more than anything else is that more realistic that other teams that underdogs can win. And personally, I think that's a great thing. So yeah, I think these number one teams, they, they shouldn't be as confident in themselves right now as most people think they should be. Yeah. Big time. Well, what you got? All right. So, you know, it's always tough to follow up, Jerry. I set myself up for failure. Uh, <laughs> um, it, I guess it won't be an overreaction, but uh, the Buffalo bills don't make it out of the wild card round. I'm going to go that route. Um, because there's a possibility that even if they do win the division, and that's a huge if right now, the way the Patriots are, they're not really iffy, right? Ever since, I don't think, if I'm not mistaken, they haven't lost since that loss to Dallas. Uh, I, th- I don't think the Patriots have lost a game since then. Yeah. Granted, you know me, I, I'm big on, you know, everybody else do this about my team, so I'm big on who have you played as far as solidifying you, you know, you, you beat teams when they were down, you beat teams when they had a lot of other things going on, but whatever. Uh, New England keeps winning. Mac Jones keeps impressing everybody else but me, I guess. Uh, so I, I don't think the, the the Bills make it out of a wild card round uh, because either A, they're going to have to play the best wild card team and, and they'll get the, the, the advantage of beating them at home or they'll have to go on the road and they'll have to play a Baltimore or a Kansas City or the Chargers. Uh, the, and the only team that they'll have a Chance on on the road, I think, is the Chargers because essentially that might be a Buffalo Bills home game. We don't know. Uh, those people from Western New York might actually go all the way to L.A., uh, catch a nice flight from NY to L.A., uh, straight through to go watch the Bills beat the Chargers. But other than that, like, you're going to be playing in environments that's tough, especially when we come playoffs. In the rich history of certain organizations, we know how serious the Ravens are when, when their football team is good. We know, you know, how they thrive. We know how the Chiefs are. You know, right now, obviously looking to go to the Super Bowl for the third time in a row. Um, and, and and so even Pittsburgh, like who who's to say that Pittsburgh, we're talking about Baltimore, but even though Pittsburgh lost, who's to say they don't win the division? We know playing in Pittsburgh in the playoffs is not really where you want to be. We can say what we want about Big Ben, but that environment is not a, ga- a game you want to have to play when you have Super Bowl aspirations. That's not what you want to be your wild card game. Uh, so, so I don't think, and, and it's not about panicking. It's just about the fact the Bills are not head and shoulders above everybody in the AFC like we thought outside of Kansas City. Like we thought it was Buffalo, Kansas City, and everybody else by a long shot. Maybe Cleveland that you put in there a couple notches down. So they're right there. They're no better than the top five teams in the AFC. You could scramble them all around. It, it, so there, there's about five five other teams in their own conference that are just as good as them. So I don't see with being able to say that about yourself, I feel confident in saying that they wouldn't make the, make it out of the wild card round. And my biggest overreaction is the New England Patriots. No, hold on, hold on, hold on, guys, hold on. We all like they will continue to have another. They're going to have another decade run of winning this the AFC East. The window is closed. I'm telling you, I have a strange feeling at this point. Even with this man is leading the division with a rookie quarterback, and he's only going to get better. And not the best receivers, by the way. Like that receiver right. core is not exactly, the best. exactly. 
So to me, the New England Patriots might mess around and almost definitely have a 30-year run on this division. So how many years they get in the next 10 years? How many, how many are you saying since they go? How many they get? Probably eight. Woo! Woo! Hey, that quarterback ain't giving you confidence. Josh, uh-huh. Allen Josh Allen ain't giving you no confidence. They ain't got to run the game. Like we said, yeah, and that's the thing where I'm telling you, because at, at, at first, initially, it, it's all fine and dandy in September when you win in these games. But now it's November. We late November, almost going to December. You look at the situation like the, you know, the uh, Monday Night Football game against Tennessee. And like most time, you go for a quarterback sneak. Like, trust your running, trust your running game. It's a lot of stuff that they've done where it's like they really have neglected the run game. And now they just don't trust it. And to his point, until they get that fixed, I'm telling you, the New England Patriots is going to have another 10-year stranglehold of this division. So it's going to be almost a damn near 30-year run that this team has pretty much has run the AFC East. And And honestly – not figuring it out. I don't get it. And How I and NFL not figuring out a running back. <laughs> and and the kicker is this: the Buffalo Bills may not make the playoffs. I'm, I'm telling you, they're the seventh seed today. I can't. Go I'm, but if they lose, if they lose, they, the thing is, them New England games are crucial. They gotta yeah. win those games. If they don't, you got a lot of teams nipping at your heel. You got the Indianapolis Colts. They're another team, you know. We talk you, you talk often as far as how um, the Chargers and the and, and the Vikings remind you of themselves. They each other. Shoot, the Colt, the Colts and the Vikings are literally the same almost when it comes to these. You know, yeah. No, my bad, Coach. I'm sorry to interrupt because oh. I'm I'm looking at the standings as you're talking about this. The Bills are the seventh seed. The Steelers are the eighth seed. The Colts are the ninth seed. Yeah. If they all tie and it's head-to-head, Buffalo loses both of those tiebreakers because exactly. they lost to both those teams. Remember, they lost to Pittsburgh in week one. Week one. So the, the Bills can't even afford right now to be decent enough to tie with those teams. No, they have to be better than both of them. It's not yeah. even an option. So if Buffalo doesn't make the playoffs, then what? what is the – because there's certain teams, right, that, that had pre- preseason – Projection. Look how we killed Kansas City up to this point, right? And now everybody's right back on. They need that win, right? So if Buffalo, who was like the AFC championship appearance favorite, the AFC East winner, you know, crowned yeah. champion, what's that about them if they don't make the playoffs? Like, not only is that an ultimate fail, but that's some like real evaluation because that's not fluke. Yeah. Like to not win the division. Or not make it to the AFC Championship. Like once you make it to the playoffs, there are no bad teams at that point. Like you, you, the only thing is you might get the best matchup, the worst team that's in the playoffs. But there's really no bad teams at that point, unless there's a bad yeah. division winner, which doesn't often happen. Only in the NFC East do we do we let that happen of bad division winners or whatever. But yeah. like, like so then if you don't make the playoffs, like when you look back, like you just paid your quarterback three hundred million dollars almost. What what do the Buffalo Bills do? And you're like the only team. Name me a team that doesn't have a confident, competent running back in the NFL. And, like, the only team that comes out to your is Buffalo Bills. And maybe yeah. the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins ain't got no run game either. But they've even yeah. had some flashes of success with their running backs. But, I mean, the Patriots go get that Damian Harrison, Ramondre Stevenson, and they got a one-two punch. Yeah. You drafted Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, who were both very good in college. Remember, Zach Moss ran through the Pac-12. 
year in and year out over there in Utah. So, like, they were competent running back to heck, and you're the only team. You're the only good team. You're the only winning team that has, doesn't have a running back, like, to really figure it out they can't turn and hand the ball off to the running back and trust that he gets the first down. It makes zero sense. This yeah. really hurts Brian Dayball's future chances as a head exactly. coach when you think yeah. about it. Like, think about it. Last season, he yeah. was one of the top candidates. After this, like, this poorest performance, yeah. like, I, I would be very questionable about wanting to yeah. hire him after this because how is Josh Allen failing after last season because he's not looked anywhere near the kind of quarterback he was? And how is that running game that bad? Like, right. it's right God, because, God damn. <laughs> right you think about it so we you see it and you, you say it right because literally five weeks ago when john gruden got fired everybody looked at day ball all oh, day ball probably should be the next head coach of the, of, the, of the las vegas raiders and now you look at that has really kind of have kind of went in the tank a little bit but like you saying that, that ruins his chances and like you said if and it's kind of look Buffalo may not make the playoffs. Like seriously, this is they're they're in a, you know, this is. I mean, we went from you know this team, like you said, Josh Allen was the MVP, head, you know, um, you know, head and shoulders was the MVP, especially after probably like the you know maybe about a month ago, you know, he had that rough start against uh, Pittsburgh, and then obviously you know uh, bounced back, and now, hey, this team may not make the playoffs. It's it's the shot, and that's crazy, like you said. Because if it does does go down to a tiebreaker, guess what? They lost to both of them, and they got other teams nipping at their heels. I know y'all don't y'all be y'all been kind of uh, not loving Cleveland, but Cleveland's in the thick of it as well. And like it's a lot, like dude, this you can't slouch. That's the thing. Like you can't have these little lax and of games against like you know like the Jags or at this point you have to. I mean. Especially in the AFC, you gonna have to you gonna have to stay focused. But yeah, and they got a, they got they don't have a tough tough schedule, but they have a semi like they got a couple matchups where it, like you're like oh man like uh oh yeah got a couple games. I think they play the Vikings. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they still got the Vikings on their schedule. They got uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think they. No, nah, I think they got they got the Saints some um. Thanksgiving, they got to go to. They got New England twice. They got Tampa and the Panthers, which down the line, I think they're going to be a legitimate shot because I think once Cam kind of get um, in uh, Joe Brady's offense, I think gonna be that could be that's going to be interesting. Yeah, and then, you know, and then <laughs> well, luckily the, the final two games is Atlanta and the Jets. They got so, two bye weeks essentially. Yeah, so essentially, if it comes down to that, they just need to take care of business. But their playoff hosts are definitely like. Are legitimately like it might come you know, down to the final two weeks. Like it yeah. might come down to not right against Atlanta and New York. You <laughs> need some help. Like right. you need one of those teams to actually have an unfavorable matchup. Right. Uh, so yeah, that's Bro- you know who 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 to think that maybe Broadway Joe <laughs> Flacco <laughs> could, could could potentially be a spoiler for the Buffalo Bills this year. So you know what you love this year. It's 2012 all over again. I'd love to see Joe Flacco ruin Buffalo chances and they don't go to the playoffs because oh, Joe Flacco yeah. had an amazing person in his Bills mafia. <laughs> or or we could have the, the poster child of our sixth grade pre algebra textbook back and healthy and better than ever. He might not see oh, the that'd be awesome. <laughs> I know it would be, you know. For all the- Listen, sixth grade mathematics might not see the, the field the rest yeah. of the year. Okay, they might 
rest them, hide them until next year, then let them yeah. look bad during his sophomore year, and then now like, uh oh, panic mode. Let's see, uh, who's the guy to get in the draft next year? Like everybody, <laughs> then that's when it's gonna be like, uh oh, everybody gonna be looking at what C.J. Stroud, uh, D.J.U. <laughs> hopefully Spencer Rattler goes and you know goes transfer somewhere and makes his case somewhere. So Caleb Williams might be coming in the draft next year. Like, hey, that quarterback class, that's another thing. Is all these teams, Detroit and whoever, panicking about quarterbacks, hold off this year because it might be a really, 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 really good quarterback class next year. Because didn't Bryce Young, isn't, isn't Bryce Young coming out too? Him and him, CJ Stroud, DJU, uh, they all sat their freshman years. Right. They all yeah, so they be yeah, they all be available. Yeah, they would, essentially, you would have uh-huh. CJ Stroud, DJU. I don't know if DJU will bounce back and look great with Clemson or whatever. Bryce Young, you might have Spencer Rattler, who I would assume if he does transfer, that he's gonna go somewhere that's gonna put him at ultimate success. He might be a first round pick, and then Caleb Williams, who I think he ends up at LSU and transfers when Lincoln Riley takes that LSU job because they throw in the bag at him. But Caleb Williams, <laughs> because remember he sat a year, or is he a true freshman this year? Caleb, I don't know. I, don't I think he, didn't he sit last year against with Spencer Rattler? Wasn't he there last year? I could be wrong, but if I could be wrong on Caleb, he's there, right? If he's there, he he's, yeah. A true freshman. I think that's what was impressive was he is a true freshman, so he won't be there. But like Spencer Rattler might revive his draft stock. CJ, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, DJU. Obviously, every year a quarterback pops somewhere. Look at like Kenny Pickett or, or something. Somebody pops from some other school. Like, oh man, I had no idea. Or he transfers from one school and gets his stock up. So, man, it hey, hey, that quarterback yeah. class might be real nice next year. Yeah. So, fellas, let's put a bow on this week's overreaction Monday. Social media, any upcoming projects? What you got, Mo? Uh yeah, you can follow me at Up Flames Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Mo underscore cheese15 on Twitter, Instagram. Just got a new logo, right? You know, got a little little brand new fresh look on, on the, you know, people loving it. People really loving it. Uh it's black and white, so it's a little different, I guess, plain, but like the pizzazz at the same time it makes yeah. uh plain in, in in pop, but whatever. Uh yeah, and then I honestly I don't have any projected uh projects. Make sure you tune in on Dash Radio. Uh, every Monday, starting at 11 a.m. Eastern with me. Uh, I didn't do a show. Last week got so wrapped up. It's going to be hard to do a show this week uh, for the holidays, but I get it done. So make sure you check that out. Starts with me. Ends with the Hoopers, if I'm not mistaken. We, and we got a bunch of people. Everybody, Steven, Chris, Kenneth, you know, the Hoopers. Uh, Cole now. Everybody on Dash Radio talking hoops. All our hoops guys pretty much are on Dash Radio. So make sure you go check that out. Uh off the ball network Mondays that you got them on Wednesday and you got them on Saturday. So, you know, make sure you go check that out. Make sure more importantly, you go to off the ball network.com, you know, for everything articles, uh, and check out my guy, Kenneth, uh, his bets fade him. So if he tells you take the over, take the under, tell you take the under, take the over. Cause Kenneth is a fade shooters bets right now. <laughs> Jerk was what you got. Well, at Bunsen Bruises is the show that I've been a part of for a while now. And this Wednesday, the coup de grace for my time as the co-host, my last show uh, co-hosting, considering the very abrupt change in uh, personal scheduling that my life is about to undergo here very shortly. Um, But yeah, it's going to be the last one. Me and Bars, it's going to be a fun episode. It's going to be relatively chill. Still talk a little bit of sports, but we're just going to like go on there, have a fun time. And, you know, you catch down the Off the Ball Network Twitter 
And, you know, like Mo said, everything's going on off the ball network. OTB on Mondays is literally the place to be to listen to any and all of the greatest basketball talk on the planet. Mo's new logo. It's simple, but it's absolute heat. So, you know, which is not a surprise from the Up in Flames podcast in and of itself. And just all the great stuff that we have on the network as well, being on this amazing show. And of course, coach being the leader of CU Sundays as well. Like you get everything at this network. So if you aren't already following for some really weird reason, which is kind of weird because you would be listening to the show, but irregardless, if you aren't already following it as closely as you should do so, because this is the place to be. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, indeed. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, under couch coach live. Um, just check me out on social media. That's how you'll see all the content that I have. And also check out the podcast anywhere you get it. Apple, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Also the Washington Football Guys podcast, me and my guy Rob. Um, so there will – also, I forgot to mention this. So no overaction Monday, next Monday, um, the Washington Football Guys podcast pregame show as we take on the Seattle Seahawks. We'll take president next week. So we'll take a brief bye week because we got a little Monday night football engagement. So, <laughs> you know, oh. hey, watch your mouth. <laughs> but yeah, so we are, yeah, so definitely appreciate you guys for coming on this week for Overreaction Monday. And man, we'll catch you guys in two weeks on December the 6th. We will catch you guys and everybody have a great holiday. Enjoy, enjoy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the games. Enjoy all of it. Go Cowboys. Just win, baby. (laughs) (laughs) We out.